Good to see you all here this morning. <clears throat> Good to be here this morning. Let me turn this off just in case we get some feedback. Um. Yeah. Always good to, to get together, and those times of worship are powerful for me um, because they remind us of who God is, right? These songs that we sing are reminded that He's great and mighty, He's good and loving and caring. And this morning, He's speaking to each of us. Um, recently, my wife and I were walking together. And suddenly, out of nowhere, she said, you're not even listening to me, are you? And I was like, that's a strange way to start a conversation. (laughs) You get the joke, right? She had been talking, and I just hadn't been listening to them at that moment. Well, that that didn't really happen. Well, a (laughs) verse... That's called a lie. See, you came to church... Wanted to make it clear you know what a lie is. No, it was just that's a joke that I read on Instagram or something. I thought I would, I thought I would lie about it too. Um, but no, but I, I'm guilty of that often. Now that may not be a, a specific conversation that we had, but we've had ones similar to that because sometimes I struggle with attention. I think a lot of times I internalize stress. Whoa, um, let me see if I can come up with a good excuse. I internalize stress, and so I'm thinking a lot, and so I miss what's said. But if we're honest, we all do that some, right? At some point, we've all been in a conversation where we have either kind of lost our focus, checked out a little bit, or um, we felt like somebody did that to us, right? Um, And it may be that we were tired or maybe distracted, maybe just not interested in what's being said, right? That's that's not the case for me, but... um, But we're all guilty of it. And um, this morning, the truth is, a fact is that God is speaking. God is speaking this morning. God was speaking before you got here. He's speaking uh, yesterday. He'll be speaking tomorrow. God speaks. And the question is, are we checked out or are we listening? Do we hear when God speaks? Because many of us can do, oftentimes we all do what I was just talking about, and we kind of miss what God is saying because we're distracted or tired or stressed or just disinterested. This morning, I want to look at an instance uh, in Scripture where God spoke to a man named Samuel, and Samuel struggled with discerning the voice, right, of God at first. But eventually, God broke through, and Samuel heard him, and I want to see what we can learn from this interaction and how we can better hear as God speaks to each one of us, okay? So a little context here before we get into uh, the passage in 1 Samuel chapter 3. This takes place about 1000 BC, okay? Israel is in turmoil. Israel is at one of its lowest points spiritually. The priesthood is corrupt. The Ark of the Covenant will no longer be in the temple Um, idolatry was running rampant, the judges were dishonest, and this passage will tell us that God is not speaking very much. He's not really on speaking terms with his people because the spiritual leaders are corrupt. People weren't obeying the law anyway, so why should God speak, right? But God was getting ready to change things. 
He was getting ready through the influence of godly Samuel and then David. He's getting ready to change the course of a whole nation and for you and I here this morning as well because through Samuel we have Saul and then David and then through David, you know, we have through his line, the Messiah, Jesus. And that's interesting because this story is like every other story in Scripture and throughout mankind. It's the story of God showering mankind with love and grace and mankind turning and running. Mankind shutting off our ears, turning our backs on God, and then God pursuing and showering love and grace again. And then mankind running, and on and on. And so this is that story as again, um, and this is the story for you and I this morning of God speaking, God drawing and calling to us. And so I want us to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, and I'll read through verse 21. It says this, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew 
And the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that communicates it to our hearts this morning. Lord, may we hear your voice this morning. Speak, Father, for your children are listening. In Christ's name, amen. What is this? Oh, sorry, I think I destroyed this. Um, So a, a little more context here. Samuel... If you're familiar with the story, if not, we'll we'll review it. Samuel was brought to the temple uh, as a baby by his mother as a sacrifice. She had prayed for a baby, prayed for a child, and God had answered that prayer and given her a child. And so she brought him to the tabernacle, offered him as a type of sacrifice for the Lord to use in his service as he sought fit. So Samuel lived and grew uh, in, the, in the tabernacle, in the temple, and he was with Eli, the priest. And it's not um, told to us in Scripture, but uh, there's an extra-biblical source. Um, Josephus, uh, a writer at the time, a historian, says that uh, Samuel was about 12 years old right now. So he's, he's a boy. Now, Eli was the high priest in the temple, right? And he took care of Samuel and kind of raised Samuel. But his own sons were priests as well, and they were rotten. They cheated sacrifices and offerings. They uh, treated the, mistreated the people, mistreated um, their duties as priests, all those things. And they were referred to in Scripture as the sons of Belial. That word means wickedness or worthlessness. This is all in chapter 2. If you go back... First Samuel in chapter 2, you'll see uh, all that, um, that his sons were guilty of. And Eli was concerned with it, and he chastised his sons a bit for it. But in the end, the Scripture tells us that he was guilty of protecting his sons and honoring his sons more than he honored God. And so there was judgment coming. And so at this point, uh, when Samuel has this interaction with Eli, Samuel's a roughly around 12, maybe he's a boy. Eli's about 98. And in chapter 4, we see that um, he's 98, but we see that he's going blind here, as it refers to. And Samuel is his apprentice, right, his helper. So there, we set the stage. And so here we are, Samuel's sleeping, and God speaks. What can we learn from this? Well, first and foremost, God speaks. God speaks personally. He said, The Lord called Samuel. God speaks to us personally. He's speaking to you this morning. That's amazing. God's not just the King of kings and Lord of lords, creator, sustainer of life over all things, which he is that, but he's also personal. He also interacts with us personally, which is amazing. I remember when uh, Tony and I were dating, we were in high school, and her family her and I were just kind of casually talking at school, and I used to wait for her. I would see her come in. I acted like I wasn't, but I was looking for her to show up at school in the morning, right? I was a senior, and I would see her show up, and her dad always brought her to school, and her dad, like, was scary looking, 
Like he, I never saw him say a word. Like he had this stone look on his face. And I mean, he was like, I didn't, everybody, everybody that I knew was like, don't mess with Tony or her dad. Don't, you should be scared of him. Cause he never spoke. Um, eventually he spoke to me. <laughs> and eventually I got the, the bravery to speak to him. But God is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the creator, sustainer of life. He doesn't have to speak to you and I. And yet he chooses to speak to us personally. Not only does he speak to us, but he initiates the conversation, right? This morning, he is initiating the conversation with you and with me. So how does God speak? Well, obviously, evidently, for Samuel here, he heard a voice, right? It doesn't actually say that, but the way that he responds, the way he reacts by going to Eli is if he has heard an actual voice. But I've never heard an actual voice from God. Now, he's spoken many, many times to me. I've discerned the voice of God speaking to me, guiding me in some of the most critical times of life. And daily he speaks. But it's not necessarily with this, with an audible voice. So, So what is it then? How does he speak? What is listening to God look like? Well, first of all, he speaks through his word, right? He speaks through his word. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So you see, in the Old Testament, the word of the prophets, even this, even this by Samuel, this interaction, all the Old Testament, all the Hebrew scriptures, God speaks through that. He has spoken through it, he says in that passage. But he also speaks through Christ, the New Testament, uh, the message of salvation, the message of Christ and those who um, have written about Christ and the message of Christ. He speaks through his word. It's all right there in those pages or on the tablet or however it is you get to it. God has given us his very voice in scripture. Now, sometimes a lot of times I wish he would just say it. You know, I wish I tell people I wish he would just send me a letter in the mail. That's silly, though, as I think about it. He has. He's given me his word. And yet I'm like, yeah, that's great. Can I have a letter? What? God is speaking. And so he speaks through his word, and we have to tune our ears to hear his voice through the scriptures. And listen, not every claim, and you'll hear on TV and in this day and age, people will, will claim to have a special word from God. They'll say they have a special message from God. If it's not, if it, if it conflicts with the word of God, you can, you can be assured that it's man's message. It's not God's message. He doesn't conflict his word. He has already spoken and continues to speak through his word. Psalm 119 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What's he saying there? He's saying, Your word, oh God, guides me today, right now, the next step I take, all those things right in front of me and where I'm at and in the future. Gives me hope, gives me guidance, gives me wisdom in the future. Hebrews 12, 4 says, for the word of God is living and active. You know, some of us grew up in church and, okay, I've heard this before, Eli, I got it, whatever. No, it's living and active. God speaks through this passage of scripture Maybe he may say something to you that you haven't heard yet from him. 
through this very same passage of Scripture. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God speaks through His Word. He's speaking today through His Word. Not only through His Word, but through His Spirit. God speaks through His Spirit. Job 32.8 says, But it is the Spirit in man... The breath of the Almighty that makes him understand. It is the Spirit that's been given to you and to me to interpret, to hear, to be sensitive to the Word of God, the voice of God. One of the beautiful gifts of many that God has given us, that Jesus gave us when he came and died on the cross and was resurrected, was he said, my spirit, the Father will send my spirit, his very presence because you and I, we live in flesh and bone, right? We live in a, in a fallen world and we can't always discern. We can't always hear the voice of God. At time. We, we, can't, we can't understand all that he says. But the Holy Spirit is with us, translating for us, leading us, guiding us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all that I've said. He's interpreting. Even when we read Scripture, one of the things I, I try to do when I sit down to read a passage of Scripture is say, God, open my eyes to what you would say to me through this. That I don't just blow through it, but that I actually hear your voice. I remember, um, I remember went on a, a mission trip to Cuba one time. And as we were there, we were um, being able to minister and be able to preach and sing and all these things. And we had a, um, a translator assigned to us. And um, every time I spoke or anybody spoke, he would do the translate, even in the sermons and messages. Well, I also had some Cuban friends that lived there, and they spoke Spanish as well. And at some point during the trip, it got me aside, and they go, listen, that translator's not really saying what you're saying. He's not doing a good job of translating what you're saying when you preach and when you, even when you sing. And I thought, man, that makes all the difference in the world. If they can't understand what I'm saying... Then what's the point? Well, God has given us a gift of his Holy Spirit to translate for us. He even translates us to God. Our prayers that we don't even know how to put them into words. The Holy Spirit is moving and is speaking for us. The Spirit of God speaks the words of God to us. He speaks through not just the word, but also speaks in our circumstances. He speaks through other people. The Holy Spirit moves and speaks in our everyday life. Sometimes in the silence, the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. C.S. Lewis wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. What he's saying there is, even in our pain and our struggle, sometimes we're just looking for relief, when actually God is speaking through that pain. God is speaking. God is seeking to get our attention to draw us to himself. So how do we hear? God speaks through his word. He speaks through his spirit. I also want to add um, that God speaks through creation, but he speaks, um, creation declares the glory of God. It pours forth speech day and night, the psalmist wrote. It's telling us about God, but God speaks specifically and intentionally to you and to me through his word and through his spirit. And his spirit moves through all those things. So how do we hear? What does listening look like? Well, in verse 9, he says, 
Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Now, look, Eli had had some struggles. His family had some struggles, right? But he had some wisdom right here. He, he sensed that God was speaking and he gave Samuel good instruction. He said, go, lay down and get ready. Listen. Perk your ears up. Can you see Samuel going back and lying there the rest of the night? Like, uh-oh, this is actually God speaking to me? See, what we see here is that we must posture ourselves to hear God speak. If it's through his word and through his spirit, that means I have to listen. I have to tune my ears. I have to tune my life to his word and to his spirit. We have to make space for God to speak to us because we live in a quick hit culture, right? Quick. It's swipe left or right or whatever it is you do up or down. Um, It's quick, you know. Sometimes Sophie and I have that conversation. I'm like, here, put this on the church's Instagram. No, it's got to be catchy. It's got to look a certain way. Otherwise, people just, they don't even look at it. You know, it's got to be, got to be witty or clever or whatever, eye-catching. Well, guess what? God doesn't play that game. God doesn't play that game. He holds the depths and riches of all eternity in the palm of his hand. He has oceans of knowledge and wisdom. He holds the keys of meaning and purpose for every galaxy, for every creature, for you and for me. And he invites us to come explore, enjoy, rest in, seek him first. First and foremost, God wants us. He's calling us to turn our attention towards him. And that takes intentionality. For you and I, we know what's, what's the most valuable thing that you and I have? It's time. And we spend it in so many other ways, right? But we fill it up. But God has called us to be intentional about listening. Eli said, Samuel, go lie down and wait. Be ready. Say, Lord, here I am. Your servant is listening. He's poised to hear God. We fill up our lives so much that we are not poised to hear God. I remember when we first moved to New York City, I remember people were like ordering groceries. And I thought, what? I'm not ordering groceries. I mean, that's different for people in the other. I'm like, that's for rich people. <laughs> like, we'll go to TJ Matt, I mean, uh, Trader Joe's and get. So we were going 14 blocks in the rain with a little basket. Yeah, and I realized something. It probably costs more to go do that in time and sometimes in money um, to be able to go and pick up the groceries. And so now I saw why people ordered groceries, right? So now we, now we order the groceries. But time is valuable. <laughs> See, you thought I was going to come down on you for ordering groceries. No, that's great. Um, time is valuable, and we speak through our time. What is it that you're doing with your time? What am I doing with my time? If God has told us that he speaks through his word and sensitivity to his Holy Spirit, are we listening? Or are our days filled up with every other thing? And it's not just in specific moments. You know, um, sometimes we'll get up in the morning and, and, and spend time in the word, and that's great. We should do that. We say, Lord, speak, and then we just pack it up and we're gone. No, it's daily. It's walking with the Lord. It's walking in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's sensitivity knowing God is speaking to me. 
So Lord, I'm, I'm alert today. I'm listening for what you're saying. My life is an ongoing conversation with Christ. So this morning, my question is, how are you listening? What place did Bible reading, spending time in the Word, and time in prayer, where did, where did that fit on your New Year's resolutions? I mean, if it wasn't at the very top, and I'm not being legalistic, and I know it's not, it's not attractive, it's not a, a special word from the Lord. that we, you know, That's what God has called us to do, get in His Word. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And here comes, here comes the promise. Now, listen, God is you're you're going to either walk away from here calling God a liar or trusting in his promise. Because in verse three, he says that person, the person that prioritizes being in the word of God, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose life does not wither, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. What? Whatever they do prospers. Working out, getting healthy, Whatever your resolution is, whatever it is you're striving for every day, whether it's career or personal, relational, the word of God first and foremost in my life, listening, opening my ears to hear God, if that's first, everything I do, I do prospers. That's a promise of God. So I'm either going to bet my life on the promises of God or I'm going to turn away and basically call him a liar. So God speaks. We have to listen. But here's the thing. We're inclined to respond incorrectly even when he does speak. He said in verse 4, Samuel said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Go lie down again. So he went to lie down. Not just once, but three times. Samuel knew Eli was old and blind, right? He knew that his job was kind of taking care of Eli at this point and also doing the, the different uh, jobs in the, in the temple. It was all familiar things. So when he heard the voice of God, what kicked in was autopilot. What kicked in was, up. Oh, here goes the old man needs water again or something, right? He just went into autopilot. And that's what the danger is for you and I. Now, let's don't be too hard on Samuel, right? It's, it's, I mean, it makes sense. But when I live my life understanding that the Spirit of God is actively speaking to me, that He's drawing me to His Word and to Himself, that He has an opinion, He has a plan for my life, for my day, then I'm not just going through the motions. I'm not just an autopilot because I know at any moment, God, at any moment, God may speak may open a door, may change up my path, may put somebody in my path. A friend of mine used to call those eternal appointments. He's like, I never want to miss an eternal appointment that God has for me, so I want to hear his voice. And so God is speaking to you. But often when I hear him speak, when I hear the word of truth, when I sense the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart, if it doesn't jive with what I already think, what I already believe, what I already feel like my purpose today is, then I turn my back and I run the other way. I build my life and my day around what I already know, what my opinions already are, what my priorities 
already are. And if God wants a piece of my life, he's going to have to fit in there. But God's called us to adjust to him and to start each day by saying, here I am. Speak, Lord God. Come to him. Press into him. And we can all look at our lives. We, we see the things. You know the things in your life that you run to for, for peace. You run to for, for answers. God calls us to tune our ears to his voice. Somehow we've rewired our ears. Maybe it's our experiences. Maybe it's our hurts, pain. Maybe it's prayer that we thought wasn't answered. I remember there was a time in my life when I was praying for, I remember my father, I was praying for my father over and over again. He was sickly. He was a man of God, spent years and years preaching the word of God. And then towards the end of his life, he began to get so sick. And I I was confused. I was like, God, why are you letting this happen to him? And I was praying for him and it didn't seem like he was getting better. And I was getting frustrated. And so then I I caught myself in my prayers, just like kind of rattling off stuff and like, yeah, but you're going to do what you want anyway. You don't care what I say. And I was getting hardened there. And then God convicted me of that. And I realized, you know what, God, do what you see is best. And I'll find joy in that. And I look back now and I see that even even his death was God's grace. We have to rewire ourselves to come to Christ and to, to run towards him, not run away when it gets uncomfortable. He initiates conversation with us. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, what Paul is saying here is, if we'll not turn away when the Lord is speaking to us, when we, we finally, okay, I understand God is speaking through His Word, He's speaking through His Spirit. So maybe in a, a message, it may be when I'm sitting reading the Word, or it may just be what I sense in a situation, a circumstance, the Spirit leading me to say this or do this or act a certain way or to forgive or any of those things. And I decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harden my heart. And we quench the Spirit in our lives. Then we begin to gratify the desires of the flesh. Then we begin to live according to the flesh and the destruction of the flesh. He says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So turning away when the Spirit and when God is speaking to me only results in pain and heartache. Being obedient, pressing in, results in God moving in our lives. So God is speaking. I'm probably, probably not going to respond well. But here's a beautiful thing. God is persistent. It says in verse 10, And the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Not once, but three times, four times actually, right? Like I said before, this is the story of mankind right here. Him calling you by name, you turning away. Him calling you by name, him restoring you, showing you grace and mercy, and then you turning away. Same for me, same for all of mankind. And that is who God is. He's a God of grace and a God of mercy. He pursues us. He restores us. He had a purpose for Samuel. He was not going to give up on Samuel. Here's good news this morning. He's not giving up on you. doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter how many times when God has called you and you've gone somewhere else or you've, you've just brushed it off. You say, I'll handle this or whatever. God is calling you this morning to come closer. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. That's the kind of God our God is. And it's amazing. 
Isaiah 65, 2. All day long I've held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imagination. What is it today that you're pursuing? What is it in your imagination and the things that you think you've prioritized in your life, the things that you think you need, the things that are essential to you? What are we pursuing over pursuing hearing the voice of God in my life? Because we all do it. But the good news is, for God so loved over and over and over again. He speaks to us. He doesn't turn his back on us. Because he knows that his design for your day, as you walk out of this building, the design that God has for your life, the purpose he has for your life, is going to bring so much more satisfaction than anything I could put together or figure out for myself. Whatever situation you're dealing with at work or at home, his design is perfect. His will is perfect in that situation. It might, it might look painful. It might be painful to you. It might be something that you hadn't thought of before, but the key is to be sensitive and say, God, speak, to bring every situation to his feet, but also to be walking with him every day. The God of all creation, he's loving, he's patient. He kept calling Samuel, even though Samuel kept going to the wrong place instead of the Lord. And finally, the key to hearing the voice of the Lord is faith. We're all putting our faith in something today. We all listen. We all get our information from somewhere. We all wake up in the morning and go right to something every morning on our phones or on TV or in the paper, whatever it is. We go right to something. Faith is the key. He said, Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Samuel's also, he's got a great quote in chapter 15 from Samuel. He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. Samuel understood that no matter how difficult it was, because he had to go to Eli, this one who had taken him in, this one who had shown him love and taking care of him. He had to go with this difficult message, but Samuel was obedient. So what is God calling you to this morning? What is he calling you to step out in in faith? Is it salvation? See, God is speaking, but God has already spoken as well. He spoke his love through the cross. He spoke his love through Christ. He demonstrated his love for you through Jesus. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all People, God has spoken salvation into the world through Jesus. And so it may be this morning that you need to respond to that. You need to open your ears to that and not only let it hit your ears, but your heart. Put your faith in that message. He spoke through the cross. I love you and I've done everything to bring you to myself. So respond to that in faith. But he's also saying to those of us who are believers who have been Christians for uh, any amount of time, he's saying, come closer. Come nearer to me. Know me more fully. Trust me more. Walk with me more closely. Maybe he's got a specific purpose or task that he's calling you to in your life. To demonstrate his love to a friend, maybe. To encourage a loved one, to bring hope to a coworker, to give forgiveness where forgiveness is not deserved, to share your faith with a neighbor. Maybe it's to change the course of a nation like he did through Samuel. 
Let's not be presumptuous when we come to God. Let's not think, I already, got, I already have him figure out, figured out. I know what to do. I know uh, what to think. All those things. We come to God with an open heart and say, here's your servant, Lord. Speak. We put our faith in him, not in our abilities or in our experiences. Sometimes God seems silent. Why is that? Because what is first and foremost to God? What he is saying to you and to me, what he has said through his word, is first, the first priority for him is not this interaction of, of like what you need him to do or what you are going through. That's not first and foremost. I was talking with a friend not too long ago about that. He's like, I just don't feel like God's answering my prayers. Like, well, the, the number one thing God is saying to you is, I want you. Put down your stuff. Don't bring me all your stuff. First and foremost, bring me you. Spend time with me. Don't wait till you need something and then say, okay, now I'll listen. No, he wants us, and so sometimes he's silent. I remember when I was in Bible college, I've told you all this story before, but I remember we were broke. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know where we were going and what God was doing, and I used to go and get in the Word every day and pray and study and cry out to God over and over again. And I remember telling a friend, I don't get it. God just is not opening any doors. He's not answering my prayers. And he's like, well, it may be that he loves that. He loves you coming to him every day and sitting at his feet and searching the scriptures and crying out to him. He loves that. And he knows the moment he gives you the answer you think you're looking for that you're gone. So I had to recalibrate my heart to just sitting with him, to just listening to the Lord. And that's what he's calling us to do. Sometimes if you keep asking something in prayer, maybe it's time to listen more than we speak. Sit at the feet of Christ for a while. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 7 says, what does that mean? That means Samuel had a purpose. Samuel was religious. He had a job. He had things to do. You know, you can have a whole life. You can make a whole life out of just going to church and just doing religious things. But what God wants is our heart. And it was when, it was when Samuel stopped and discerned the voice of the Lord and then obeyed by faith that he knew the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. See the key there? We want to start with, make my path straight. We jump to the end of that. God, I need a straight path. I need you to give me a straight He starts off with trust the Lord with all your heart. That means, you know what, God, if you answer this prayer this way, I trust you. If you answer it that way, I trust you. If you're silent, I trust you. Faith is the key to hearing God's voice. It's demonstrated in obedience, right? So closing, God is God and he is working out his plan and he has a plan for your life and he's calling to you. He's speaking to you today. What is he saying? Well, first of all, he's saying, listen. Listen for my voice. Seek my voice in my word. Listen to my spirit. Tune your ears to my my spirit speaking to you. Intentionally, make space in your life to hear the Holy Spirit this morning. The fact that you're here today means you're making a little bit of space at least. Praise God. 
But when you hear a word from the Lord, do we turn away? We come into this place and we hear the word of the Lord and we hear, you know what, I got to tune, I got to tune my ear to the spirit. I need to spend more time in the word. Do I turn around and just go somewhere else? Do I run the, the other way? Because it's, it's, it's not most comfortable for me. Listen, truth is rarely convenient in a world of lies. It's like turning on a light when we've gotten used to operating in the dark. But the, the truth of God's voice is the word of life. His words are the words of life. And he's speaking to you. Let me encourage you today. Put the word of God at the center of your life. There's nothing tricky about that except make that a priority. And all the other things that you think that are weighing down on you, I get it. It's all, it, I was walking down the street this week and some guy all of a sudden started screaming at me all the terrible profane things. I realized I had just walked in front of him. It's like everybody's walking up and down these streets in a ball of nerves just ready to explode, right? First and foremost, fix your eyes on Jesus. Spend time in his word. Be sensitive to, to his Holy Spirit. And then, listen, you know, there's a lot of people on the day of reckoning, on the day that we stand before God Almighty, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And a lot of people are going to say, that's a weird way to start a conversation. Well, that's not how he started the conversation. He's been speaking. He is speaking. He spoke through the cross. He spoke through Jesus. Are we listening? And then in this world that's so broken and falling apart, so much pain, so much struggle, yes, our hearts should break for it. But we shouldn't be tossed with the waves in being disheartened and, and frustrated like the rest of the world is because we understand who God is. We understand that he's on his throne and although there's difficulty, although there's trouble, we take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So press into Christ. Press into his word, word. The things of this world will lose their grip. Slowly you'll see the, the things of the world that grip us, the fear, the, the stress, the anger, the sadness. Those things begin to lose their grip on me and I will not be pushed off course so easily because I'm, I'm not running to those things for life. I'm not running for those things for meaning. When we have difficulty in the world, when we have difficulty in life, it doesn't derail me because that's not where I find my hope ultimately. So let me encourage you. Put the Word of God at the center of your life. Listen. Tune your ears to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient by faith as God speaks to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord, that you pursue us. You're persistent. Thank you that you came to Samuel over and over again because you had a plan for him. Thank you, Lord, that this morning, once again, you're coming to us. You're calling us, drawing us closer to you. Lord, may we not um, push it off, but may we respond um, by not just being hearers only, but doers uh, as you speak, Lord. Speak as your children listen. In Jesus' name. Amen.